Thank you for listening to BLC's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message, brought to you by Daryl Reed. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Good morning, Breakthrough family. So good to, to be together again. And uh, over to my amazing wife. Thanks, love. Yeah, it's so special to be able to connect with everybody in this way. Um, I've definitely loved having these opportunities over the last little while in lockdown. And it's really great to just know that everyone's hearts are joined and celebrating our Jesus and His resurrection today. And yeah, so I just wanted to give a shout out to everybody, let you know we are still here, we're okay. Me and the kids, you always just see Daryl. And so we just wanted to say hi as well. And lots of love to everybody. I know it's we've all got our different challenges and we're making the most of it. And yeah, so I just wanted to share something that was on my heart, something I've been processing and working through the last little while. And it's basically just been that Jesus meets us where we're at. And as a mom with two little ones, trying to keep them quiet while Daryl's recording live or keep them away from him while he's working so he can actually get some work done. It's got its challenges and I'm, you've all got your challenges and they all look different every household. But, you know, God just meets us where we're at. And so yesterday as um, I was sitting reading with Sarah and Lucy, um, we were reading, she chose the most awful scientific book about bugs. And so it's really hard to read that story. But anyway, that's the story she wanted. And so I had to kind of just wing it and make up a story about all these different insects. And each page was like biology about different insects. And um, God spoke to me through those insects. And I realized that there were about three or four different insects in her book from ants to bees to butterflies that all went through in the life cycle a phase of being a pupil in a cocoon and God spoke to me through that and just that you know like this time that we're in now it's like being in a cocoon we're forced to pull away and be away and he will speak to us in this time and as hard and challenging as it is it's also just an incredibly precious time to be families to pull away to focus on him to invite him into the circumstance and he um just showed me how each of those separate animals goes through a time of in a sense isolation but also in that time it's growth and it's development and he works them into what he his final purpose is for them you know so from the caterpillar to the butterfly from the um larvae to the ants like each of those animals goes through a refining developing growing process and it ends up so beautiful and so developed and strengthened and much more magnificent than it was going into that process and so I just hope that really encourages you how God meets us where we're at. He talks to us through kids' storybooks. He talks to us through those silly little moments, even when we don't have the time to pull away or the ability to. And he is just developing and growing and mastering his work in each one of us. And so I encourage you to invite him into this time. Look for what he's doing. Look for how he's speaking even in the, the crazy moments where your toddler is going crazy, he's speaking and he's working in those moments. And so look for the good things that he's doing and what his time, his message is for this season, that we can all come out of this stronger and developed and better. So love you guys. Bless you guys. Yeah, may you just feel God's goodness and his presence this morning as you sit together as families. So good. Thanks, babe, for, for sharing. Um, I just asked Philippa to pray for us as we... Uh, get into the scriptures so 
Let's uh, put our hands out and receive my yeah. Philip the praise for us. Thank you. Yes, I just I mm. come before you, Jesus, and I, I thank you for the privilege of being your child, the privilege of knowing what you did for us and being able to walk in that and receive that. And we just pray for Daryl now, and we just ask that mm. you'll come and breathe life onto the message that you've given him, that you'll speak through him, that this message would really just touch people's hearts and bring about life in their hearts today. <laughs> that they would really receive your word directly through what is happening this morning and what is shared this morning. And so I just bless you guys. I just speak the Father's love and blessing over Thank each household this morning. Yes. Amen. We love your fam this family and we just bless you. Amen. Thanks, babe. So cool. So bye, everybody. We're going to go sit in the bedroom now so that it's quiet. <laughs> Lots of love. So good. So, uh... We are at home, obviously, in the lockdown, so I ask for advance apologies for if you hear a shouting kid, a barking dog, a, a, a rogue hardy dog, uh, many of these things, let's, uh, let's hope that there's reasonable quiet. But uh, welcome everyone if you've joined us uh, just a few moments ago, it's so good to be together on uh, Resurrection Sunday as we celebrate our King, He is alive, and uh, just so good to be together in this way, we had a time of worship where we had uh, Elevation Worship, we then jumped across and had uh, Bethel Worship, uh, we had Grant and Bernice, and so it's just uh, been a wonderful morning of worshipping our King, and uh, now we're going to get into the Scripture. So if you've got your Bible, uh, I want to encourage you to open up to John chapter 20, and uh, we're going to read a, a passage of Scripture over there as we, we celebrate um, our King this morning. So we're going to read uh, John chapter 20 from verse 1 all the way down to verse 9, and then we will uh, uh, skip a, a, por a portion and then we'll read a, another passage. So, if you've got your Bible, John chapter 20 is where we're at. It is the story of the resurrection. And so the context is that Jesus has uh, laid down his life on the cross. Uh, he's been buried in the tomb in the garden. And uh, it's now the third morning, the Sunday morning. And so we pick it up here in verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. She came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken our Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. I think it's so interesting that there's uh, even competitiveness in the scripture as the disciples running. The, the writer saying, you know, I ran faster than Peter. Verse 5, we carry on. He bent over and looked, in, uh, and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. And so, what a beautiful uh, truth as we, as we read the historical truth, the facts that Jesus rose from the dead. It's not just a, a story uh, to make us feel good. It's not a, a parable. It is the historical fact and truth that Jesus died on the cross and three days later, he rose again. 
And so as the disciples go into this empty tomb and see that Jesus is no longer there, uh, still trying to figure out what's going on, Mary is now also there. And so as you read the, the next couple of verses, Mary then, uh, as she's sobbing, she, she has this encounter with two angels. And they say, what's wrong? You know, and you know, and, and she, the angels say to her, um, you know, he's risen, he's, he's alive. And uh, as she walks out, she sees what she thinks is the gardener, who's actually Jesus. And so she has this encounter with Jesus. Jesus says to her, now run back, go and tell the other disciples uh, that you've seen me and that, that, I, that I've risen. And so we, we carry on in John chapter 20 uh, from, from verse 19. And so this is now that evening. It was early in the morning that the disciples went and discovered the empty tomb. Uh, and now that night... Uh, as the disciples are gathering. Let's carry on here in verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Uh, wow, isn't that just the word of the Lord for us right there? Jesus saying to his disciples, As the Father sent me, now I am sending you. And that's speaking to you and me. And so we've got the same commission, the same mandate that, that Jesus had. Uh, he's now passed that on to you and I to continue to do the works of the Lord. Carries on. And after he said that, it says, And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Wow, one of the first things that, that Jesus does as he has this first uh, appearance to a group of people, to the, the first appearance to the group of disciples, uh, to the, the eleven, and he says to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Isn't that just so good? Right at the start. God is, is, is setting us up. He's setting up the church. He's setting up you and I for living a victorious life. He's empowering us to live the life and to continue the mandate that He gave us as the Father had sent Him. Now He is sending us. And so right in that moment, the disciples, they get this first infilling of, of the Holy Spirit. And this is so interesting. It's almost like a parallel to going back to creation, to Genesis uh, chapter 2. So let me read a short passage of Genesis chapter 2, verses 5 to 7. It says, When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground, and a mist, a mist was going up from, from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Wow, right at the beginning of creation, God creates Adam from the dust, breathes into him the breath of life. Adam comes alive. <laughs> Unfortunately, we know the story of, of the, the garden, Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve then sinned, uh, and that, that connection, that intimate relationship with God and man was, was broken. What happens now? A couple thousand years later, as Jesus comes, dies on the cross, rises again, He restores us back 
to the Garden of Eden in terms of that communion relationship with God. Once again, He breathes life into us. He, he breathes Holy Spirit into us. And so we receive the breath of life from God through the Holy Spirit as Jesus breathes on the disciples. And I want to encourage us this morning and say that God is still breathing life into His church. He's breathing life into you right now this morning in your homes and into your family. That this is not a time of withdrawing, of going backwards. This is a time of acceleration and of life bursting forth. As we go back to John um, chapter, chapter 20, it says there, uh, in verse 30 and verse 31, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples. So what's happened here, just to give you the context, is uh, Jesus on that, that first night, he reveals himself to the 11 disciples, but Doubting Thomas wasn't there. And so now a week later, uh, Jesus comes and reveals himself to Thomas, as well as the other 11 disciples, again, just appears supernaturally into the, the locked room uh, so that Thomas could, could have an encounter. Isn't God just so gracious? that He comes back and reveals Himself, even just for the one. And, and so God is, God is so good. And, and this morning I want to say to you, just for you, He will reveal Himself. He will make a way. He will show Himself good to you. Uh, if you felt like you missed out on something, you weren't there in the initial uh, revealing of Jesus after His resurrection, He will make a way and He will reveal Himself to you. I just got my Scotty joining me here, so uh, excuse the pitter patter on the floor. Um, anyway, so that's the context, and now let me read uh, verse 30 and verse 31 in John chapter 20. So it says, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. See, Jesus came died and rose again so that we can have life. He breathes life into us and He says to us that we might have life and life in abundance because of the work of the cross and the resurrection of our King. You know, the, the other amazing uh, thing in this, this parallel between the resurrection and going back to the very beginning of creation in Genesis is that where was, um, where was the tomb? Uh, if we go back to John chapter 19, it says, Now the place where he was crucified, uh, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. And so it's like God buried, uh, Jesus buried in this, in this tomb in the garden. And, and the parallel going back to the Garden of Eden. Um, and so both of the, the, these, these kind of connections between these places of life and growth as God restores and brings back, um, brings back life. And so a couple of things I want us to, to take note of as, as we, we, we reflect on this passage of Scripture. God is the God of resurrection life. And, um, you know, I, I can't imagine the pain that Jesus went through on, on the cross and, and leading up to the cross, the, the beatings, uh, the, the, the flogging. I mean, it's just, it's, it's indescribable. The, the pain that Father went through in, in observing His Son go through all of this. And yet out of this excruciating pain and difficulty, God restores mankind into relationship. God uh, brings victory on the earth. And so this morning, I want to encourage us and say that, that, that God, out of however bad a, you know, your, your, your situation might be, how, how dreadful or um, it feels like death, uh, God can resurrect life uh, into your situation.
I think of, of nature and how, how nature just naturally restores itself uh, with new life. You think of, of a felt fire raging through um, a, an open field and that as soon as the rains come, uh, life is supernaturally restored um, so soon after the fires. God created us for new life to be restored out of tragic and difficult situations. And so as we're facing this, this lockdown, these, these difficult days, I want to say to us, Breakthrough Life family, that these are the days when God is bringing forth new life. That, that these are the days when resurrection life is coming forth. You know, it's uh, one of the things that, that God seems to do with us at Breakthrough is He speaks to us prophetically through, through babies. And uh, I'm sure you've heard John share the story of, of you know, years ago when, when Breakthrough Life was in a difficult uh, position as a family. And, and all of a sudden, two sets of twins uh, were, were conceived and given birth to in, in the congregation. It was, a, it was a prophetic sign of double, double portion. And so what's happened in these last three weeks? Well, we've had three babies born in this time of lockdown and this time of, of seeming, you know, re regression and, and, and backwards movement. God's saying to us prophetically, no, this is a time of life. This is a time of new life being birthed uh, into your life, into your family, into our life corporately, um, and even into the church throughout South Africa and throughout the nations. This is a time of new life. And so uh, we want to welcome to, to the family, Ella, born to, to Jean and Rensha Delange. Um, so, beautiful little girl. We've also had Khali and Carla. Carla gave birth to Richard. And so, bless you guys. And uh, it's so exciting on this journey. And then, uh, Yannis and Manette. Uh, Manette gave birth uh, just a, a couple of days ago as well to little Benjamin. So, those are the three new additions. And so, I encourage you guys, let's love on them and, and welcome them as Breakthrough Life is growing even in this time where we can't meet together, but we can meet online. And so uh, welcome. And, and, and it's just it's a sign of God bringing life, uh, that this is not a time of, of backwards movement. This is a time of moving forward and of new life being birthed. I think one of the keys for us in, in looking for new life, God, what are you doing in this season of bringing forth new life? Oftentimes, new life comes in the form of a seed. Um, and I think we sometimes expect to see the full um, you know, unveiling of, of the finished work. But, but normally that's not how it works. God gives you a seed. He gives you a small thing. And He says to you, nurture, look after, grow this, this seed. And new life will come forth and grow from that place. And so I want to encourage us to not despise the day of small beginnings. As Zechariah 4.10 says to us, it says, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And so in these days, God is releasing new work to us. He's re releasing new life to us. And so let's rejoice at the big and the small things. And, and I want to encourage you to have your, your eye tuned to be leaning into the Lord and saying, God, show me what are the seeds that you're putting in my hand for me to plant to bring forth new life in this season. Will you show me, help me to see the small things um, and, and, and then let's grow those things and bring forth abundant fruitfulness and uh, let's bring forth harvest. And so the, the, the next thing I want us to get into is this extraordinary uh, concept that God created us right at the beginning of creation in Genesis with the intention for us to play a role in bringing forth new life. 
You see, it was God's mandate uh, right at the beginning to Adam and Eve and, and to, to you and I is to bring forth new life. Let me go back to Genesis chapter 2 verse 5 and, and read this to you. It says, No shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. Come on, let me say that again. There was no one to work the ground, and so there was no fruitfulness, there was no harvest, there was no growth, there was no new life, because God was waiting to create Adam, so that Adam and Eve could then work the ground and be part of the process of bringing forth new life on the earth. So God created Eden, this garden, to, as almost this picture of, he has, a, he has a blueprint of what's possible. Now you go and reproduce this throughout the rest of the earth. The, the point being is God intended for you and I to partner with Him in birthing forth new life. It's the same, um, same principle with, with a baby being born. How does a baby get born? Well, it's conceived by an act of love between a man and a woman. And so I want to encourage us, Breakthrough Life Church, and say that as we go about doing small acts of kindness, generosity, uh, caring for others in these days, that as we go about loving one another, that in these days, God is birthing forth new life. And that is how you and I can still work the ground. God has called us to still work the ground spiritually, um, to, to still be involved in doing things. And as we do this, he partners with us. He breathes life into these things. He waters these, these seeds that He's giving us that we're then planting and brings forth a harvest, brings through, uh, forth uh, life and abundance. This is a time for us to move forward and to grow in, in the things of the Lord. And so I want us to now move on to John chapter 21. Um, so we've read John chapter 20 and covered that in, in some detail. Uh, but now the very next, next chapter, there's some interesting things that happen. And so the context is yeah, that they, the disciples, uh, there's seven of them that I mentioned, they've gone back to Galilee. This is, this is the place where, uh, where, where Peter was called when he was fishing. Um, and so they, they're on the Sea of Tiberias, and, uh, and, and they're the seven of them. And, and Peter says, I'm going to go fishing. And the, the other um, six say, all right, cool, let's go, hop in the boat, and off they go. And, and out they go fishing. Uh, on this, the sea that they're very familiar with, the, the sea is, is one that they've, uh, there's many Bible stories that take place in this, uh, in this location. This is where the storm rages and, and Jesus says to the storm, peace be still, and all of a sudden it ends. This is, it's on the shores of, of the Sea of Tiberias, or otherwise known as the Sea of Galilee, um, that, that Jesus multiplies the food and, and feeds a great multitude. It's on this very water that, that Peter steps out of the boat and walks on water uh, as Jesus is walking on water. This is such a significant place um, that, that now the disciples have gone back to. Uh, the interesting thing is it's about 100 kilometers uh, away from, from Jerusalem where they were. And so uh, Google Maps says it's about an hour and 52 minute drive. Uh, back in the day, their mode of transport, they, they had one or two donkey power uh, vehicles. And so I think it took a lot more than an, an hour, 52 minutes to, to get from Jerusalem to Galilee. But they go there. And so the, the question is, why are they there? And we can speculate about many different things. Um, but as the disciples are out on the boat fishing, um, they, they, they've been out there all night and they've caught nothing. And so, why did they catch nothing? Why are they back there? 
Let's, let's get into a couple of thoughts about this passage. I think it's, it's maybe not completely relevant, but I, I think there's a, there's a good point for us in here. The disciples have gone back to their comfort zone. They've gone back to what they knew. They've gone back to fishing in the very place where they used to run their business. That's where Peter's fishing business was. That was where he was called. That was his comfort zone. It was everything he knew. As Peter goes back to his comfort, as he goes back to life as it was before encountering Jesus, he fishes all night and catches nothing. I want to say to us, family, that, that there, there's no fruitfulness and there's no blessing on going back to life as it was before we encountered Jesus. Once we've encountered Jesus, once we've got a relationship with the resurrected King, life can't go back to normal. Everything changes. And so if you do try to go back to normal, I can't see that there's going to be any blessing on the things that you put your hands to uh, because everything changes uh, after we've encountered Jesus. And so that's a thought that we can pull out of this, this passage as they fish all night, catch nothing, uh, going back to what they were comfortable with. I think another thought that we can pull out of this, this, this interesting story, and so the, this also John chapter 21 is taking place somewhere between day 8 and day 40 after the resurrection. Uh, it doesn't give us any more detail, but we know it was within the first week, and uh, we know it was before 40 days. And so... The disciples, maybe they, they just went back and they were waiting for Jesus, because we're going to touch on that now. And so they thought, let's not sit idly, let's go and do something. Let's go put our hand to work. Uh, let's go do what we've got before us. And so I know that this is completely opposite of what I just said, but I think for different, uh, different folk in, in different situations, uh, God's speaking different messages for where you're at. And so God uh, wants to encourage us and, and say, don't sit idly while you're, you're waiting uh, for him or waiting for something to happen. Get active. Do something. Uh, step out and, and, and go fishing. Uh, make, make use of the, the gifts that you've got. Don't, don't just sit idly. You know, a third point on, on what's going on here is, is possibly they were just being obedient. Um, the interesting thing is that Jesus prophesies and speaks to the disciples numerous times and, and he tells them about encountering them at Galilee. So Jesus had, had forewarned them and had prophesied to them that he was going to meet them and encounter them uh, in Galilee. And so uh, if you've got your Bible, you want to turn to Mark chapter 14. Uh, we're going to read verses 27 to 30. So if you've got your Bible, open up there quickly. And uh, let me read it to us. So Mark chapter 14, verse 27. And Jesus said to them, you will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Isn't that interesting? He's prophesying right here, um, you know, this is, this is weeks, who knows how long before, that he's going to go before them to Galilee. Carries on. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And so we're going to come back to that in, in a few minutes' time. Uh, but interesting that Jesus has, has prophesied and said to them, um, I'm, I'm going to go before you and kind of I'll meet you in, in Galilee. So here's, here's a thought. is I think often as, as believers... 
we, we were waiting for God to speak, and sometimes He's not speaking. And, and this was something that, that Sean Bolt shared uh, when he was with us at Kingdom Come. He said, when God gives you something, He won't necessarily give you more until you've done and moved and dealt with what He's already given you. Um, and so some of us, we've received uh, something from the Lord. We've received a word. We've received an instruction. We've received an idea, a concept. And God is now waiting on you to do something with the very thing that He's given you before He gives you more. And so if you've got something or if you're not getting anything, I want to encourage you to, to inquire of the Lord. God, have you given me something? Have I misplaced it? Have I uh, overlooked it? Help me to see what is it that you've given me within my hand that I might put that very thing to work. It's like being pregnant. Uh, when, when a mother is pregnant, she can't fall pregnant again. No, she has to birth the child that she's already bearing before she can fall pregnant a second or third time. And so we have to use what we've been given before we can uh, receive uh, something new uh, a lot of the time. And so the disciples are doing what they've, what they've uh, got in their hand and they, they, they're out fishing. So another point I, I, I want to bring out of this is, uh, is, is Jesus changes everything. Don't go fishing without Jesus. As, as the disciples are, are, are going fishing without Jesus, they catch nothing all night. And then what happens is Jesus from the shore, uh, he shouts out to them. He says, hey, brothers, have you caught any fish? And Because uh, they're only about a hundred odd yards off, off from the shore. And, uh, and, and uh, the disciples reply and they say, no, we haven't caught any fish. Um, and so this is happening at dawn. And so Jesus says to them, cast your net out onto the other side and you'll catch some. And so they throw the net out. And what happens is they catch uh, a catch that's bigger than what they can contain or hold. Um, it's this massive catch. Fishing all night, nothing. Throw your net on the other side. An instruction from Jesus. They didn't even realize it was Jesus yet. They didn't recognize him. As they're bringing in the, the net that's when John realizes, oh, it's Jesus. And so Peter's on the boat with him. And so, so John is the first to see. Peter is the first to respond. And so what does Peter do? He jumps out of the boat. And I don't know what happened. The scripture doesn't say it very clearly. Did, did, he, did he swim? Did he wade in the water? Did he perhaps once again walk on the very water that he'd walked on before as he ran back to the Lord? I don't know. Scripture doesn't say. But is it possible that maybe he, he walked on the water again? Leave it for you to decide. Uh, so Peter runs back, back to the shore and, uh, and Jesus is really waiting there. Jesus has already got a, a fire burning. He's already got fish and bread on the fire. How did he get that? I don't know. It's a miracle. Jesus has provided food once again, probably out of nothing, as he's got this, this meal ready and waiting for the disciples. He also invites them to bring some of the fish that they just caught. And uh, so they take that and they, they, they have breakfast together. Uh, what is the point that I'm, that I'm trying to get to here? Is that when we go fishing with Jesus, everything changes. And so I want to encourage us, family. Let's not do life without Jesus. Let's not do business without Jesus. When Jesus is with us in the boat, when he's uh, very much a part of what we're doing, what what, what we couldn't do before, all of a sudden, is possible with Him. And so, let's do life, let's do business with Jesus at the very center and the very core of everything that we're doing. Another point out of this, this interesting chapter in John chapter 21 is that perhaps you've been up all night. 
Perhaps you've been fishing and you've caught nothing. Perhaps your business has been working hard and, and, and it's just not going anywhere. You're just not getting the breakthrough that you had hoped for. You're not getting the, 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 the prophetic words fulfilled. I want to say to you that perhaps now is the time for a suddenly. Perhaps right now is the time when God's going to all of a sudden break through for you uh, with abundance. Perhaps now's the time where those sudden encounters with the, the King of Kings are going to take place and everything is going to change. And so I don't know how you get ready for a suddenly because I don't think you can be. But, uh, but be prepared for this, I guess. Suddenlies are coming. These are the days where God is going to suddenly be doing many wonderful things for you, for your family, for us as Breakthrough Life Church, and for the church in the entire world. I just sense this is a time of God moving and suddenlies uh, bringing breakthrough for us. You know, you might be in that place where you've been fishing all night and caught nothing, and, and you feel weak. And it's in that very place that God is going to bring your suddenly. It's uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 to 10. Uh, let me read it to you. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Wow, what challenging, challenging words. God, help us to be content when we are weak. Help us to be content in a time of calamity like this. A uh, time that the world has probably never seen before. Uh, and, and the instruction to us is be content. Why? Because when we are weak, He makes us strong. And so God, in, in, uh, for, for those of us that are feeling weak in this time, perhaps your business has, has come to a, an abrupt halt. You don't know how you're going to pay staff. You don't know how you're going to pay your bills. Uh, there's all this uh, anxiety, this worry uh, trying, to, trying to bring you down. I want to say to you, in your weakness, He will be found to be strong and He will strengthen your hand in this time. Try to find a place of being content in Him, in your weakness. The last point I, I want to bring out of uh, this interesting passage of John chapter 21 is uh, that of resurrection life. I know we've covered this already, but I want to cover it again. Uh, the disciples have been fishing all night. Uh, the, the, the scriptures point to the fact that they've, they're coming in after a long night's fishing. Uh, they're coming back onto the shore. The nets are probably on the boat deck. Uh, they've stopped fishing. When you've stopped fishing, when you feel like everything is done, it's in that moment when God might be bringing resurrection life to you. Uh, it's when your business feels like it's done. It feels like there's just no more life left in this thing uh, because of the shutdown or whatever other circumstance you might be facing. I wonder if perhaps it's in that moment when God might say, throw your net on the other side and bring an, a, suddenly, uh, a sudden resurrection uh, to you, to your family uh, and to life. So, uh, a bunch of random different thoughts out of that passage, and, and I hope that, that some of them have, have spoken to you. As we start to bring this towards a close, I want us to go a little bit further in John chapter 21, uh, because uh, this is just a beautiful, beautiful story that takes place here. So we're going to read John chapter 21, verse 15 to 17. And so after they finished their breakfast on the shore, um, the, it's Jesus and the seven disciples uh, gathered together there. 
And so let me, let me read it here, verse 15 of John chapter 21. When they had finished their breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, this is Peter, this is the one who had uh, denied Jesus three times. This is Peter who walked on the water. This is Peter who jumped out of the boat now earlier that morning when he realized it was Jesus. Uh, his, so Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus replies and says to him, feed my sheep. Three times Peter's denied Christ. We read it earlier. What does Jesus do? Peter denies him publicly three times, denies the Lord. Jesus now so graciously and so lovingly three times restores Peter. What was Peter's call? Jesus said, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. Peter then denies Jesus. Jesus now publicly restores Peter back to the very calling uh, that he was originally given. Uh, he, he restores him back to his calling to the church. God is so gracious. You might be sitting at home uh, this morning thinking, I've let the Lord down, I've failed him, I've, I've, I've denied him, whatever it is. And I want to say to you this morning, God is the God of restoration and he wants to restore you back to the very purpose, plan, intention that he had for you. And uh, don't, be, don't, don't be someone to think, my, my days are done. I can't do anything. No, God says he's restoring to you that which he thought was lost or taken. Jesus then says to him three times, do you, do you love me? Wow, how challenging this, this, this must be. And, 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 and Peter, he knows. He, I mean, I can just imagine how awkward or how, what was Peter feeling? He's, he's, he jumps out of the boat, responds out of just this, immediate response and runs back to the Lord, um, but knowing that he's denied him. And so there must be this just whirlwind of emotions going on in Peter's heart uh, in this time. And, and, now, and now Jesus so lovingly restoring him and calling him back, but also challenging him and inviting him into the journey for the rest of his life. And so what, is, what does uh, Jesus do as, as um, Peter's responding to him? Is he's giving him back his mandate. He's giving him back his instructions for, for life. And I think these are, are very similar instructions that Jesus is giving to, to you and to I. Is feed my sheep. Look after my lambs. Go about doing good works. And so very practically, how does Jesus want Peter to demonstrate his love? Three times he asks him, three times Peter responds, yes, I love you. And, and we can clearly see it from the scripture. How is it that Jesus wants us to demonstrate our love towards him? Well, Jesus wants us to demonstrate our love to him in very practical ways by caring for one another. Jesus said, if you love me, feed my sheep, care for, care for my, my, my people. Um, it's an it's a instruction, it's a, it's a command to care for one another. Breakthrough Life Church, how do we demonstrate our love for Jesus? By caring for one another, 
by caring for your family, by caring for the people in your connect group, by loving one another in your connect groups, by loving your neighbor, by loving those who don't yet know him. Uh, Jesus said, as you've done this to the least of these, you've done this unto me. And so, so Jesus is giving Peter a very specific instruction in terms of how to go about loving him. I think Jesus is revealing to us one of his love languages. And I, and I know we love to worship. I love to worship. We love to pray. Uh, we love the, the mystical times of getting into uh, the quiet place of encountering the Lord on our own. And Jesus did that with the Father. And, and that's so good. But I think, have we perhaps lost sight of the truth of, of what it is to love Jesus, which looks like loving one another? I want to encourage us, family, in these days, let's be so intentional about loving one another, not just in these days, but for the rest of our days, that we will demonstrate our love to Jesus by loving one another. It's one of his love languages. I want to read a, a, a comment here by a, a theologian from the, the late 1800s. Uh, his name's J.C. Ryle, uh, lived in, in, in Liverpool in the UK. And, and I just think he puts this so beautifully as he comments on this passage of Scripture. It says, true love to Christ is chiefly to be seen in usefulness to others, in doing as Christ did, in walking in His steps, in laboring to do good in this bad world. He who talks of loving Christ and idles on through life, never trying to do good to others, is deceiving himself and will find at length that he had better never have been born. Well, strong words, but I think the the strength in which Jesus gives this command, this instruction to us that he gave to Peter, it, it, we need to respond to that in, in, a, in a way that, that demonstrates our, our seriousness about loving the Lord by loving one another. So, as we bring this to a close, I want to say to us that our resurrected King is alive and living. And he wants to say to us, do you love me? Breakthrough Life Church, do you love me? And then he invites us on the journey that will change our lives for forever. He says, come and follow me. And I know many of us have, have been following him for many years or for many months. Um, and he wants to remind us today to not lose sight of the goal that he set before us, of the mandate that he's given us to follow him. So why don't you, you stand as we, we bring this gathering to a close. And um, I want to say to us as we're closing, Father is... The, the master of bringing life, um, of bringing new life, of bringing resurrection life. Uh, he, he went to the cross and He rose again for you and for me. Not for us to go back to business as usual, but that our lives might never be the same again as we bring glory to Him. That we might transition from being fishermen of fish to being fishermen of men. That is our, our mandate. God is the God of restoration. And so let's declare together. I just felt it was important for us this, this morning to declare some, some life and some powerful words um, into our households and into our community, into our nation. And so agree with me if you can. Declare after me uh, these declarations. And so we declare, Father God, you bring new life through this lockdown. We declare acceleration on the harvest coming in. People and more people being born again. We declare this is a time for doubling in your church, in your bride. You are the head, Lord Jesus. Come and double. We declare innovative ideas are coming to us 
in these days. We declare resurrection and new life in relationships, in businesses, in projects, in ideas that have died in this time. We declare resurrection to them. We declare hope to ourselves and we declare hope to our nation. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you so much for the cross. Thank you that you didn't just die on the cross, but you rose again. It's all because of your, your resurrection that you could breathe on us, that we might receive life, that we can be living again, that we can be born again. Thank you, Lord, for the resurrection, for breathing new life into us. Lord, may we not go back to business as usual. May this be a time of, of reset in this lockdown. Uh, Lord, will you help us, guide us, and speak to us that we might repent of ways where we have gone back to business as usual, that we might repent of things where we've missed it, where we, we haven't taken the seed that you've given us uh, or we've discarded it. Lord, as we repent of the, the ways where we've, where we've missed you, where we haven't followed you, God, bring back new life in these days. Lord, help us to work the ground that we might bring forth new life as we partner with you. God wants to say to you, it's your time to work the ground. Let's together work the ground. God, will you guide us uh, and help us to love you as we love one another. Amen. Amen. Before you, 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 you close off and uh, end this, this time and go have some lunch, I just want to close by, by reading a passage from, from Nicky Gumbel. He's the the, the creator of um, the Alpha series. And so, let me read you. He says, You and I were created to live in a relationship with God. Until we find that relationship, there will always be something missing in our lives. As a result, we're often aware of a gap. One rock singer described it by saying, I've got an emptiness deep inside. A woman in a letter to me wrote of deep, deep void inside. Another young girl spoke of a chunk missing in her soul. People try to fill this emptiness in various ways. Some try to close the gap with money, but that does not satisfy. Aristotle Onassis, who was one of the richest men in the world, said at the end of his life, millions do not always add up to what a man needs out of life. Even the closest human relationships, wonderful though they are, do not in themselves satisfy this emptiness deep inside. Nothing will fill this gap except the relationship with God for which we were made. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He is the only one who can satisfy our deepest hunger because he is the one who makes it possible for our relationship with God to be restored. I want to say to you, if you feel that you've got that gap, that longing, that emptiness inside, money, riches, wealth, any of the worldly things just haven't been able to fulfill that gap in your heart. I want to say that Jesus has not got you watching this by chance. Jesus is calling you. He's inviting you. He's saying, I died and I rose again with you in mind. And I want to invite you into resurrection life. I want to breathe the breath of life into you. I want you to come alive again. If that's you and you're watching at home on this Easter Sunday morning, this resurrection Sunday, I want to say to you that God is calling you and inviting you to receive the free gift of salvation. It's real simple. All you need to do is pray a short little prayer. Say, God, I open my heart to you. God, I ask that you will forgive me of all of my sins. Thank you that you paid for all of my sins on the cross. Lord, I invite you into my heart to be my Lord 
and to be my Savior. May I never be the same again as you breathe new life into me this morning. If that's you, if you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you, tell someone, at least three people, and uh, get connected. Join us on uh, social media as we gather that way. Um, it's been so good being together with you guys. Um, and so as I end, I say, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that the God of power, uh, so, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God bless you guys. If you have any prayer need at all, go onto our website, click on the prayer need tab, and we'll, we'd love to pray with you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful day further as you celebrate being with family and as we celebrate the goodness of our resurrected King. Love you guys. God bless.